Hello to all of you humans and environment students and welcome to this introductory lecture designed to get you started and give you a quick overview to the purpose and concepts we'll be covering in this class. So uh, my name is Bethany Cutts. I use she, her pronouns. You can call me Professor Cutts, Dr. Cutts, or Bethany. Uh, this class is one of my favorites and at the same time, one of the most challenging classes to teach, I think on this campus. Um, and I'm inspired by the history of this class to keep pushing to make it better and more responsive to the world around us. So a little bit about me. Uh, my email address is bbcuts at ncsu.edu. That's one of the best ways you can get in touch with me. My office typically is 5125 Jordan Hall. Uh, that's in the College of Natural Resources area, just off of Western Boulevard on Fawcett Drive. And I may or may not be there depending on how things shake out with both the construction locally and the coronavirus pandemic. My office hours are going to be 2.45 to 3.45 every Tuesday and Thursday. Conveniently for y'all, that is right after we meet. And my approach is to use this as outside time, both for my own personal well-being and for yours. So during that hour, I will be walking a loop around from Fawcett Drive down the road to Dan Allen Drive, across the Greenway behind Miller Field, back up Morrill Drive, and to Fawcett. And if you don't catch me uh, at the beginning of the loop, you're welcome to draw, try to find me anywhere along it. I'm not a fast walker. Or to hang out at the picnic tables in front of Jordan Hall, kind of where there's a, a picture of North Carolina embedded in the the tiling near Fawcett Drive and I will stop by there to look for people. Um, alternatively, if you have an in-depth issue uh, that you'd like to discuss with me, you can register for a half hour block and that way I make sure I know, for example, if you're going to be joining online via Zoom to really be listening for that doorbell in my virtual office. Uh, while I'm out and about on that walk. You can, um, pref I prefer that you join me live if health conditions allow, but of course that Zoom drop-in time is there for you to use as well. So really take advantage of it. That's time I designate first and foremost to assist students in the undergraduate courses. Um, and then after that, I open up the time to graduate students who might need some support from me, or colleagues that have other questions. So what is it about this class? Well, logistically, we're going to be meeting every Tuesday and Thursday. As of now, the plan is to meet live in person at 4140 Tally Student Union. The cool thing about this classroom is it's set up very well for socially distanced and masked engagement while we're in the building. There are microphones at every desk, so even if we're wearing masks, which I at this point suggest we do, it's very easy to press that button and be able to hear one another. So discussion is really uh, possible kind of if, if we're able to go live. 
Um, it's also very well suited to virtual participation. So if you have caregiving responsibilities that crop up because of coronavirus or really other childcare or elder care um, unanticipated events, you're more than welcome to join uh, virtually. Similarly, if you've been exposed to disease and you wish to limit transmission, I encourage you in those weeks to go ahead and participate from another location in the in the name of public health. The Zoom full, uh, full dial-in information is available in the syllabus, which you'll find on the course Moodle site. Um, but just for reference, you can use this meeting ID and we use the passcode 303. Um, that is the number of the course, so hopefully it is easy for y'all to remember. So what is this class, Humans and Environment, all about when it could be about virtually anything? Well, the exciting thing about this course is its origin story. This course emerged in the 1970s as a, as a demand for action by the university put forth by students who were seeing increased need for addressing human environment relations and rethinking what it is to be a human on this planet. So as environmental science was emerging, so too were social science approaches to understanding human life on Earth. The objective of this course, therefore, really picks up on that theme. The idea is to introduce students to social theories of environmental decision making and to structure course readings, lecture and discussion to encourage students to evaluate and critique contemporary environmental issues and the ways that their solutions are constructed. Applying multiple social science lenses, all under the general framework of human geography, uh, and comparing and contrasting those with what we learn through environmental science approaches will allow us to really understand emerging issues and to empower, not just to understand them, but to structure assignments in a way that empowers y'all to identify leaders uh, character and characterize opportunities for change so that you can really understand the complexity of environmental action that might be needed and can find the skill to suggest best actions given complicated sets of trade-offs, ongoing um, shifting terrains of knowledge and categorical uncertainty in, what, in terms of what the future holds. In general, we'll deliver these objectives in a way that's responsive to the time at hand. It's increasingly my philosophy that, that learning needs to be restorative, that focusing only on problems and uh, to be honest, the idea that we're going to HE double hockey sticks in a handbasket is demoralizing. And whether it's a pandemic or not, uh, focusing only on problems without introducing opportunities for personal restoration for examples of joy and abundance-based thinking and for opportunities to really embrace the NC State model to think and do, to get out and connect to nature and 
deepen those connections for each of us individually is central to how we'll approach this class. The objectives, of course, are the same as the objectives for um, other folks who might deliver the same content. By the end of this class, you'll certainly be able to identify and discuss analytical and interpretive frameworks from a range of human geographic perspectives. You'll be able to distinguish differences among human environment theories and apply them to U.S. policy contexts. You'll be able to evaluate and synthesize evidence used to support alternative perspectives on similar issues. And above and beyond all, you'll be able to discover and practice civic participation skills that you can take forward whether you choose a career related to environmental science or studies, um, say in park planning or recreation management, conservation, or also you'll, <clears throat> but if not, you'll have the skills to go forward and continue to think about and participate in public discourse and decision-making around these issues as an individual human and, and resident of the United States or wherever you end up learning. And that's really my ultimate goal, right? To remind you that no matter your personal background or interests, you now are a university educated student, soon to be, we hope, graduate. And with the tremendous privilege that comes with access to higher education and the skills and knowledge that you gain as not just a student with content knowledge, but a lifelong learner, you really have a responsibility to humankind and the, and the rest of the nation to put those lifelong learning skills into action to advocate for improvements, not just for yourself, but for the communities that you're part of. And that's something I think we lose sight of from time to time. Um, when we think about the role of higher education as a public good. So from a practical matter, what in the heck will you be doing on a week to week basis? Well, essentially it breaks down into three substantive areas and one overarching caveat. So the first thing you're going to do is engage online. You're, we're going to use Moodle to organize our overall approach to this class so that we're effectively using a flipped framework. So your individual learning time will be spent with things like mini lectures and interactive web searches so that you can start to think through and work through some issues and personal interests of yours before coming to class for deeper discussion and group engagement. This online engagement is supported with a few different kinds of, so of homework that we kind of bend together for about 30% of your overall grade. The next thing you're going to do is attend and participate. So both Tuesday and Thursday classes are designed for group engagement. Uh, in the spirit of restorative learning, I'm calling Tuesdays group work and Thursdays group play uh, because there's nothing we need more than to just remind ourselves we can learn while having fun uh, and, and maybe even being silly. Um, and then the next thing you're going to do is analyze and argue. So you're going to use what you 
the skills you build as an individual, the experiences and new broader perspectives you gain through group engagement, the awareness you gain through participating in kind of hands-on activity and um, in some cases community service to generate policy relevant reports um, culminating in a policy brief document. And then of course, this fourth bucket is to grow with grace. So education, in my view, is about personal growth. Right now, it's also about restoration so that you can make these larger contributions to the knowledge and well-being of your classmates, of humanity, and of the longevity of humans on Earth. So what does this mean practically and how does this compare to the assignment structure for the class? Well, simply put, we'll have weekly guided notes that are doing a lot of these engagements. Each weekly, there are 15 weeks um, to provide a little bit of grace. You'll need to turn in at least 13 of these guided note assignments for full credit in this area. If you're able to complete more than that, we will count any extra points as extra credit. Additionally, there's a more in-depth training we'll complete as part of the disaster module in this course. And I've assigned some completion points to that, to kind of acknowledge that extra effort. The next thing we'll do are in-class assignments. These are designed as another like the guided notes, these are designed as a formative assessment mechanism to first help you see the overall objectives of the, of the learning material and to give a little bit of feedback, a little bit of conversation between me and course learners um, to see if things are going on track, off track, or up in the air. <laughs> Um, so this will be pretty much like attendance assignments. There'll be at least one a week. Um, and that's, again, if you get a perfect attendance record, there are opportunities to earn some extra points there. The next set of assignments are really designed to help you build information literacy, scientific literacy skills, and scientific um, and policy recommendation and presentation skills. So this includes a government hearing presentation where you will uh, observe and report back on a government hearing on an issue of your choice to kind of get demystify what this even means and how you could participate as a, a citizen or um, or resident of the United States, even if you haven't had the chance to participate in local, state, or national decision-making in the past. The other thing you will do, the next thing you'll do is a popular press article review, and this is a chance to get to know the difference between solid journalism and heavily biased journalism, and to see the difference between issue reporting versus essay and opinion pieces. So this, right, is a very critical component of being able to identify misinformation, disinformation, and just poorly reasoned 
um, and evidence lacking and arguments that lack evidence. This also gives you a chance to compare uh, what you see in the popular press to the way scientists are writing for one another. So the next phase after that will be to do a scholarly article review where you identify the way human and environmental scientists are writing about the issue, the environmental issue or policy decision arena that is of interest to you. So this is where you really develop deep environmental science knowledge together with synthesis of these different policy domains and and social perspectives that we'll be talking about throughout the course. The next and final assignment is your overall policy brief. And this is where you put together all of these earlier components as well as segments from the guided weekly notes designed to keep you thinking about these issues into a comprehensive, although not that long, report that could reach a broad audience. And then, of course, this last part is just about flexibility. Um, you know, this is the plan. The plan may go sideways at different points uh, because of things we can't anticipate that are happening either inside or outside of the class. Uh, so I ask you to be approach the class with grace and open-mindedness and to recognize that in addition to teaching your, your class, I have a, a wealth of responsibilities, both personal and professional, that may at times intervene um, with the amount of attention and focus I can I can truly give to what what we have going on, especially in these times. Um, I one of my largest concerns right now is the health and safety of my children and the elders in my life. Um, especially with the Delta variant of coronavirus becoming more prominent and my children being too young to receive the vaccine. So in a general sense, I'm asking you to stay out of class when you can and to just understand that if I choose to hold class online instead of in person, it's out of concern for either your health and safety because of a potential exposure of mine or out of the concern for the health and safety of loved ones. So with that in mind, you know, our course policies are designed to acknowledge that you two are managing multiple identities and um, responsibilities. I expect, given the structure of this course as an intended face-to-face -face class, that you have consistently blocked off this 130 to 245 time so that it's protected from work commitments, commitments from other courses, and the like. Of course, there may be um, intermittent opportunities for professional development that come up as well as health concerns for, for yourself or people to whom you're responsible. All that totally affined. So, so I write that attendance is expected and I've designed an attendance policy to take into account some of those other things that may come out or come up that aren't um, necessarily in line with what what the university would ex excuse, um, such as your own individual sickness. Um, I also, the guided notes in addition to supporting 
deep engagement and learning with the across the material and seeing this what otherwise would be kind of a collection of links uh, for the online portion of the course as really a key component of an integrated approach to learning. The guided notes also serves as a check-in. Um, so this dual purpose allows me to, me to see how you're doing as individuals. And if I don't, if I'm not hearing from you in class and I'm not seeing those guided notes post, you better believe I'm gonna start to do some follow-up. I usually start by sending an email to you and waiting a few days for a response to make sure you're okay. That it's not just a case where you've decided to drop the course and maybe um, either Moodle forgot to unenroll you or you forgot to unenroll. Um, but I'm <clears throat> so once I've I've gotten that possibility out of the way, or the you know sometimes people just enroll and don't come. Um, <laughs> Once I've got those two possibilities out of the way, I'm gonna start doing things like filing a CARES report, which is a university system that puts people with social service and social work skills um, in charge of following up with you and your academic advisor, just to make sure there's nothing bigger going on. It's not a punishment of any kind. It gives you some somebody who's not in control of your academic progress a heads up uh, that you may be in, in distress of one kind or another. And I can speak from experience working with them in the past that these people are phenomenal and they get a range of um, requests for support from people that are in duress and extreme crisis where they might work together with other campus resources to provide financial support through grants or eight other forms of aid, um, help students enroll for social service benefits um, like SNAP, um, of which there are set aside funds specifically to support students. They might help put you in touch with um, a psychiatrist or social, social counselor to help manage stress uh, or other conflict that are going on in your in your life so uh in summary attendance is expected will be set up so that you could join virtually if you need to um live attendance is the best and highest form uh, when it comes to assignments most of our assignments are structured to provide formative evaluation which means you essentially earn the points for turning in something on time and I'm not always looking for mastery until we get to the policy brief section. However, I will be providing feedback both to individuals and to the class as a whole on things like guided notes and so you should definitely take a look at that and if you miss the mark broadly on guided notes or any of the policy hearing scaffolded project assignments you are welcome to submit a regrade within two weeks of receiving your grade. Again, this is a, a policy flexibility of flexibility to account for the unknown. <laughs> um, of course, in all of these, I expect and demand academic honesty at every stage. We'll be working in groups. You'll be working on emerging issues. So it'll be very difficult for you to plagiarize, for example, in the larger sense of like, going to a 
online location and downloading a paper. Um, but if you have questions about things like how to properly cite sources, whether it's appropriate to work together or not, let's just have a conversation about that before we do the assignment. Um, in, in most cases, acknowledging um, who in the class you're working with and discussing the assignments with more than suffices um, as kind of a, a backstop against that. Like group, group learning is expected. I just want it to be transparent. To support our learning as individuals, as a group, and as a group embracing this idea of joy, um, I'm trying to keep the cost to a minimum. So in terms of technological infrastructure, you will need a device that's able to zoom from roaming locations. So a phone is, comes to mind as the most, uh, the most effective tool for zoom on the go during our class periods if we decide to go for a walk and talk or something like that. Um, the other thing I'm asking you to purchase, although you may access the book as an electronic book through the library, is Undrowned, which is a Black feminist guide to marine mammals. And it's written by a poet, Alexis Colleen Gums, who's a resident of Durham, and just does a nice job synthesizing and providing a joy and abundance-based framework for thinking about environmental futures in ways that at times you might feel a little uncomfortable if you've been trained in kind of the ideas of objectivity and distance in science. So we're gonna read it as an alternative framework to critique some of our other work. And as an example um, of a potential solution. So maybe Alexis Pauline Gums and her ideas of love, camaraderie, compassion, and abundance-based thinking is not the way to heal environmental ills or um, engage in more environmentally just policy. Uh, but it's it's something different, right? It's it's not what we have now. And through the stark contrast between the way. Um, the way Alexis Pauline Gums writes and the way many in envir environmental science and human geography are writing, we can see um, assumptions that we might not have observed otherwise. The other nice thing this book does is that it lays out a framework for uh, building group trust and compassion across our class. Um, and I think as part of our restorative learning framework, building this trustworthiness and um, a space where we can be both brave and question assumptions we might have held for a long time, while also being compassionate toward others in the class and understanding why they might um, need to piece out of particular conversations because they are personally harmful or why they might bring up issues that seem um, seem to come from a place that we don't quite understand is important to 
advancing this framework. So we want to have brave conversations that challenge and create new policies, while also remembering who's not in this class. Um, typically, and we'll see if this bears to be true among our class, you don't, you, you see discourses where politically conservative people do not get included in discourses around environmental issues. Now, my personal experience and observation and in, of the evidence is that actually we see quite a bit of environmentally protective engagement among politically conservative people, although it's not always at the top of political parties. So if you talk to individual farmers or ranchers, as many scholars have, you'll find pretty deep commitment to the idea, for example, that the climate is changing. Although until very recently, we saw very high amounts of climate denialism at the top levels of, say, the Republican political party. Uh, now, we see now, for example, a conservative climate caucus forming. Uh, we see bipartisan support for ideas like civic education as foundational to making sure that future generations have a say in, in what America looks like and the values that it um, chooses to lead on in terms of global engagement. We also see evidence that environmentalism is not um, taken seriously or engages white men at lower levels um, breaking down. That's to say when you in recent, more recent surveys of college students, we see a we see more broad recognition and agreement that the environment is important, important across race, across gender, across um, age, across political affiliation, and across majors. So this suggests that that. The idea that some people just do not care about the environment that has limited discourse in the past just doesn't hold anymore. Um, that either it's broadly socially desirable to care about the environment um, or people actually care. And it's more a matter of identifying issues and policy solutions that people can agree on. And there we see quite a bit more disagreement on what is best to do to achieve desirable goals. Um, so Undrowned will help provide an alternative way of thinking that's beyond what you may have typically explored in kind of the problem focus of most academic work. Um, there'll be weekly ad hoc readings from journals. Some of them you will find yourself, some will be provided. These will all be collected on Moodle. And then finally, if you're really interested in this class, you can go to the Environment and Society web um, book. It's a textbook, last updated in 2014. Uh, but the foundational information in that book remains unchanged. It takes sort of a historical perspective on understanding where different conventions and assumptions within environmental social science come from. And if you do well with a textbook, many of the mini lectures 
are directly related to and correspond to content you'll find in those chapters. Um, so Know Yourself, that book I think is about $40 and is also available both as an electronic book and as a full text uh, paper. And, and you may be able to get a used copy pretty, pretty cheaply, but that's totally optional. Just know yourself and how you learn. If you like to go back to material, you may find that very easy to do. So that's it for this introduction. Um, to get started in this class, first and foremost, I, I think you probably have found this video by going to Moodle, the Moodle site for the course. But if you got here some other way, uh, let me know how you did that. And go check out, check out Moodle to really get started. In each unit, you'll see an overview, uh, as well as the materials you'll need for individual learning to complete the guided notes, and then separate handouts or printouts that go along with the in-person sessions we will have on Tuesdays and Thursdays. One thing I wanted to note, is that in an effort to kind of get your eyes off the screen, I provided the uh, lectures like this in a few different formats. So you'll have the option to watch along on YouTube if you prefer to leave the Moodle universe. <laughs> uh, you can also listen along if you prefer to leave your give your eyes a rest and go for a walk while you listen to recorded material. Uh, that podcast is available on multiple platforms under the name Restorative Natech. That stands for Restorative Nature and Te Technology, uh, with the idea we're using the, the technology at our disposal to connect to our own well-being through physical activity and time outside. Um, season 303 is the season for this course. Um, there are bonus episodes you can, you're always welcome to listen to, as well as material for other courses I'm developing and teaching. Um, for class on Tuesday, have with you a device like a cell phone or um, iPad, something that can con connect either to data or through data or wire wireless connection to a Zoom meeting. Have some headphones that include a, a mic. So that if we, so that we can experiment with walk and talks and see how that works, and have a battery in case we use up your charge. <laughs> Again, this is where the experiment comes in. Again, you can contact me really at any time. Um, use NRIDS three hundred three in the subject line so I make sure I know what class you're reaching out about, and so that I. And that, I, so that my email filter that prioritizes messages from students over spam captures that. Use the Moodle boards if you have a question related to course content that might benefit other students. And um, feel free to drop in or make an appointment for office hours at any time. And my the office hours appointment calendar is linked through the syllabus. Um, but again, you can catch me on that locking loop or walk with me immediately after class on either of those days. And if you have another class, you know, we can find another time. That's just the set aside time. Um, that's it, I think. 
This is going to be a great class. I'm really excited about a lot of the advances in how we use technology we've made in terms of using it as a way to walk around, get out of the class, keep people safe. Um, and I want to give a huge shout out to Olivia Vila, who's a graduate student who developed a lot of the mini lectures that you'll be listening to as part of this class. Because she was able to do that, we, I was able to devote a, quite a lot of time into figuring out the technical aspects of getting those on YouTube and getting them into a podcast format. Um, yeah, that's it. I think we're ready to go. I will see you very, very soon. Take care. Be well, and let me know if you have any questions.